Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode, I spoke with Alyssa about her impressive weight loss journey, pushing her limits in the gym, building confidence through weight loss, and much more. Alyssa shares her weight loss journey on Instagram. You guys can find her at Sleeve and Tyler. All right, if you guys enjoy this episode, feel free to share, rate, review, all that good stuff. Okay, here's Alyssa. Alyssa, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't complain. It's a sunny day outside, sunny Sunday, getting some meal prep done and getting ready for the week. How about yourself? Um, yeah, it's really beautiful here. I don't, <laughs> I mean, hopefully people aren't getting snowstorms still, but, uh, we're pretty good out here in Nevada. Um, yeah, Sunday's kind of a catch up day for me too. So I don't do meal prep as much now that I work from home, but definitely just like cleaning up, getting my space and environment ready for the week. Yeah. It's funny how, uh, I assume like you're working from home now because of like COVID, right? Yeah, it's funny how that has changed so many people's like uh, just entire like regiment, because if I was working from home, I definitely wouldn't be like meal prepping anymore, or getting up as early for the gym or anything like that. So what's it been like adjusting to uh, the COVID life? Well, um, I mean, we were I work in an office, uh, but like I work for a big insurance company. So there's a lot of us in the office. But um, so we were. I've been home for like a year now working, um, prior to, I always say like one of the greatest things, like was such a time saver because prior to pandemic, my commute is about 45 minutes each way to go to my office. And that's if traffic's good. So on Sunday, either Saturday or Sunday, I would prep all of my meals, like all of my, I think it was, yeah, breakfasts and lunches for work. And, I would haul them all in on Monday morning because <laughs> we have, we had decent fridge space at my office. So yeah. I would take one of those big ass Trader Joe's. Oh, can we cuss? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Say what you want. Let it roll. Okay. I would take one of those big, uh, like Trader Joe's cooler bags with five breakfasts, five lunches and like take up my own little corner in the fridge. So, but that took a couple hours every Sunday, but I wanted to be like ready for whatever my job doesn't really allow for like a long lunch or anything like that. So it was like, it was prepping. And then it was, you know, my gym is halfway between my office and my house. So it was, you know, lay out the gym clothes, make sure your meals are prepped. It was, it was a lot of prep work. So I would say conservatively, including drive time, like Working from home probably saves me like two to three hours a day. That's it's yeah, and that's, yeah, that's quite a bit because I'm in almost like the exact same situation. It takes me right at like 40 minutes to commute each way. And then, you know, I work uh, as like a manager in a in the construction field. And so, you know, my thing is like I'm packing a lunchbox every day because I don't know if I'm going to be on job site A or B and I'm bouncing back and forth. And that prep work that you're talking about, it is like – man, it would be a time saver just to like, you know, work from home and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think I would probably go crazy being pent up in the house. And I would probably struggle with uh, eating everything in sight. You know, like, it's kind of cool. Like, I'm almost like regimented. Like when I go to work, I just have these like meal prep containers. And that's just what I'm going to eat. But at home, I would probably start like scavenging. 
that's exactly the boat I find myself in like as well and it's a it's a very basic rule of you know managing your environment or whatever you want to call it in terms of like eating the right things it's like if it's if it's a trigger food for you if it's bad like don't buy it right but it's just like it's hard to stay out of that habit especially like have it living when you live in a household with more than one person it's like you don't always get to control exactly perfectly what is in your house you know i mean i work really hard this is going to be a little bit of a tangent but like i work hard to like let my kids make their own decisions about food because mm-hmm. as as a kid i didn't have a whole i mean you know it was like it was that old school parenting it was you know clean your plate you know, eat, eat all your food. And, um, you know, like I did pick up like a sneak eating secret eating habit, um, in my family and things like that. So with my kids, it's like, I try to be like a little more flexible, like, okay, no foods off limits, you know, eat till you're full, you know, just, I try to encourage them to try everything. Um, but that also means that like, if I'm not teaching them or if I'm choosing not to teach that this food is bad and this food is good and whatever, then that means that I may end up with trigger foods in my house. I may end up with the animal crackers and the Cheez-Its or whatever, you know, if they get to pick out a treat at the store and then I'm like, Oh crap, that's in my house now. Cool. (laughs) So it is a little bit of a struggle. It's one of those like do as I say and not what I, not as I do kind of situations. Like this is not a bad food for you, but for me, <laughs> can't have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, you know, that's something that I've really thought about because so my wife is pregnant right now with uh, mm-hmm. our first child and due in July, and so like I really have like obviously it's very early, but put in some thought about like man, I have all these like poor eating habits that I've had to overcome. And just like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's stressful to think about how you're not going or how to not pass that on to, you know, your kid, because, you know, they hopefully will see me like being regimented and and having meal prep and doing all these things. And, you know, like you, I I don't, I try not to have those things in the house. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a journey. Well, you know, they drink milk the first year so <laughs> you're pretty safe you're yeah pretty I, got, safe. I got a little while <laughs> right. but i mean did you say you were having a boy or a girl uh we don't know yet we're uh not oh. finding out oh congratulations i i wanted to not find out but that was like most of my family was like uh no <laughs> so <laughs> i got overruled like that, so. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm good with surprises but i got overruled so what i was thinking like actually both of my kids, they're seven and four. And by taking a, I found that, you know, it was, it was very anxiety inducing for me to like take more of a hands-off approach with them. So it was like, oh my God, you know, cause it's, it's kind of drilled into us. You know, we, we kind of just assume that like, if a kid is allowed to have candy or treats or pick whatever they want that they're going to just go nuts and they're going to be eating cake and cookies. And, it, and it's crazy. Cause it's like, by taking that hands-off approach, like my son will, will go to a birthday party and he'll be like, yeah, okay. Well, maybe pre COVID birthday party um, <laughs> or, or even at his own birthday last year, 
you know, he had it, he got to pick the cake, got whatever he wanted. You eat whatever you want all day. It's cool. But when it came time for cake, he was just like, he had a couple bites and he's like, I'm good. And my girl's the same way. Like she loves donuts, but she'll eat like half of one and be like, I'm good. So they do become incredibly self-regulating and it was kind of a relief to find that out, but it, it is a little, it's pretty daunting at first. Cause you just kind of go like, and I think it's just cause of my own issue is like, I had to work really hard to like, even pay attention to that barometer and that internal, you know, am I hungry? Am I full? You know, what do I, what do I need? And to see a kid like organically do it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And I, and I didn't really think about that, but like whenever thinking back on kids is like when they're at birthday parties and stuff and there's like a bunch of cake and ice cream, half the time, a lot of that stuff doesn't get eaten because they're like four bites in and then they want to go like play with their friends or whatever. And like, they're just like not as concerned with the food as like what's going on around them. But I do think it's cool that we got to talk about this because I'm sure it's something that a lot of people who are on a weight loss um, journey, you know, if they begin it while they have kids, that's definitely something I would say that um, they struggle with or have to deal with uh, mentally and with having all the food in the house. Both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a really crazy uh, look at like, well, you know, self-discipline and all that and knowing yourself. But then like, what habits am I going to pass on to my kids? And I mean, even the reason I asked if it was, if you were having a boy or girls, cause I do approach things a little bit differently with my boy versus my girl. And I've already noticed actually my boy, he's older and he'll start saying things like, Oh, I, you know, I'm skinny and I, I hope I stay skinny. And I'm just like, well, where did you even hear that? Like, first of all, you haven't been going to school with other kids for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, crazy the stuff that gets in their head and things but you know with my girl it's like I also don't want and I mean this is kind of female specific but it happens with boys too obviously is that um you know I don't I don't want her I don't want to go the other direction and be that mom that's like oh my mom was always on a diet my mom never ate blah 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 with us my mom never celebrated with us and she always made me you know restricted this and restricted that and you know my mom was always on a diet I don't I don't want to be that mom either. So it is a balance. Yeah, I completely understand it. But before we get too far into it, uh, I just yeah. want to give you an opportunity to, you know, tell the audience a little bit about your story. Um, uh, kind of like a mutual friend, Jen sent me your information on, uh, on Instagram and I checked out your profile and I was, and it was, you know, very inspiring stuff. I see you getting after it in the gym and you've made like a drastic, drastic change. So, um, I would just love to know more about your story and I'm sure the audience would as well. Sure. Um, well, um, I've been, I've been, I mean, chubby to fat my whole life. Um, so it's like, you know, I was, I mean, I was a stout little kid. Um, but you know, like we were talking about picking up some of those habits, you know, maybe not the best relationship with food, a lot of emotional issues around eating that kind of thing. But it's like, um, I want to say, I hit like 200 pounds, like right between middle school and high school. And then like, it just crept up from there. I think by college, I was like 260 and then it kept going up from there. Um, just cause a lot of 
you know, in my early to mid twenties, a lot of just, I just the teen, I, I would say like the teen and twenties kind of, um, you know, you're partying, you're staying up late. You're probably not taking great care of your body. Like I used to smoke all that kind of stuff, drink, and then you go eat crappy food. And then you're, you know, like I was pretty sedentary, like in my early twenties. Um, but right around, I actually, it's, it's funny. Like I used to work for Zappos way, way, way back in the day. Um, like 2006 and Zappos fed us very well. I mean, they had, they would have catered food like two or three times a day just to, you know, cause we were a call center. So it was like to hit all the shifts yeah. of workers. So it's like, you have a fully, you have catered food, fully stocked snacks, drinks, anything you want. They throw incredible holiday parties. So it's mm-hmm. just, the culture is super like indulgent. And I mean, very close knit work family, but very, very indulgent. So it's like at the height of that was probably like, the height of my let's call unhealthy behaviors but I did go to a a weight loss surgery seminar right around 2006 2007 um, at the time and I wanted to start the process and I actually started getting some of the blood work done and then I realized like my insurance didn't cover it so I was like well that that's out so at that point I was like well let me just try to maybe see what's out there do this on my own and that started like, so around 2008, that started, I don't want to say a cycle, but like, I just started listening to more things and reading and researching and like trying different techniques. And, you know, some of them were like the short-term quick fix diets. And some of them were more like trying to build long-term sustainable habits, but it was kind of just this mixed bag of whatever I was doing at the time and like kind of hoping it worked and whatever. Um, and so I went, I mean, I joined the gym that I'm currently going to, I joined that, I joined up with that trainer in that gym. It was much smaller back then, but in like 2009, so I've actually been with the same trainer slash set of trainers and gym since 2009. Um, but I think I'm trying to think, I got a new job. Well, I got a few new jobs, but then like weight loss surgery, like didn't even enter my mind for years after, after that first time going like, Oh, the insurance doesn't cover it. I can't get it. And then it's like, I want to say 2000, it was 2016 or 17, right after I had my daughter. And it literally was just like a light bulb. Like it clicked in my head. I mean, a couple of my friends I knew got weight loss surgery and stuff. And it just clicked in my head. Like, wait a minute, I'm in a whole new job. Like maybe this job covers weight loss surgery. And then from there, it was like, (laughs) I had that thought. And then probably like six months later, I had weight loss surgery. It was real fast. Um, Because I think I just came to that point where it was like, I tried a lot of different things and I had, you know, some, some varying amounts of success. Like I think I, I lost like 80 to a hundred pounds a couple of times. Um, between 2006 and 2016. So, I mean, it definitely wasn't for lack of trying, but honestly, like my reasons were one, I had my second kid and I was like, 
I need to keep up with these guys. And also because I've been at the gym that I train at and there's people of all varying levels of fitness and activity and lifestyle there. Um, but I remember going like, I've never seen a 300 pound woman do a strict pull-up and I want to do stuff like that. Like I want to be able to do stuff like go run a mile if I feel like it and, you know, go, yes, catch up, hang, you know, play with my kids, hang out with them. But I want to be able to do like that physical stuff that I've just, you know, I just know is not possible at the size that I am. There's just limitations. And it's like, I've, I've gone rounds in and out of like health at every size, body positivity, fat acceptance, like all those I've, I've kind of like touched in those circles. And it's like, for me, it was never like a, I hated myself thing. It was like, I just want to be better. Like I want to do this stuff that I know I can't do at 300 pounds. So that's what prompted me to start weight loss, the weight loss surgery process. Cause I went, I was like, if I can get through and get, you know, break that like 80 to a hundred pound barrier, I guess. Like, cause I could never quite lose past that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could never quite hang in there long enough. And I was like, once I get, I was like, if I could just get past that and like get even close to like a goal weight or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, goal weight, healthy weight, BMI, whatever. If I could even get close to that, I was like, I know I can maintain this. I know that I have the knowledge. I know that I, like, I already knew, like I went into this, I already kind of knew like what a good plate looks like in terms of a meal. I already kind of knew, like I dabbled in meal prepping and stuff like that. So I was like, if I could just get there, I know I could maintain this. So since having the weight loss surgery, have you, or how long have you been able to maintain your weight loss? Um, I got down to, and I, I quickly, <laughs> quickly tossed out the idea of a goal weight, um, probably within like a year, year and a half. Cause it just, mm-hmm. I was like, as, for me, it was like too much pressure, but I would say I got close to like goal weight or like maintenance. Uh, it was about 14 or 15 months out. So, and I am three years out from surgery as of December. So I'm, yeah, I'm like three years and three months out. Okay. So since then, um, I've been within, I hit my, yeah, I hit my lowest weight about 15 months out. And since then I've been within about 10, 15 pounds of that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so that is, you know, what you said, like, you just felt like if you got to that point, you would know how, or you knew how to maintain it. You felt like you were doing the right things, but just Mm -hmm. not making, you know, more progress as you wanted to. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, whenever I see people like you that have stories like you, like, I think, you know, all in total, like from the gym to your time that you had weight loss surgery was what, like eight years or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, from the time you started to the gym till the time you got weight loss surgery was like eight years. And like, so you've obviously put in a substantial amount of work. You've, you've lost 80 to 100 pounds a bunch of times. So it's not like you're not doing like the X's and O's right of dieting and eating and those things. And like, I, I do understand how like discouraging that can feel to 
eat right, eat right, eat right, and get to these points. And then it's just like, it all kind of comes crumbling down, you know? So whenever, so whenever you made that decision to have the weight loss surgery, it's just as like, I already have all these tools that have helped me lose 80 to hundred pounds. Like this next tool is going to take me to the next level. And that's what I try to tell people, tell people is like, um, you know, the tools that get you from 300 to 250 might not get you from 250 to 200 or whatever your weight is. Um, like the mm-hmm. whole process like evolves. Is that, you know, right. is that kind of what you've seen? Absolutely. Um, I'm actually doing a nutrition coaching certification program right now. And we can talk about that later, but, um, one of the concepts that they introduced, and I was, I was a client of this nutrition program for a year. So I got like a really in-depth look at their concepts, but one of the biggest ones I saw was it's like an 80, 20 rule, right? So to get 80% of the result takes about 20% of the work. So you can make small changes and affect a big change. Like you can get a lot out of just some small changes, but to get that last 20% of result, we'll take it. It flips to get that last 20%. It'll take 80% effort. Like it's a lot. So it is, it, it was just like, if I could just get that tool to like break through that, you know, I was like, I, I won't take it for granted. I will, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I really can like, um, agree with that analogy because like, you know, in my situation, losing like a hundred pounds, you know, it probably was like the 20% of the effort in that, like it was, I just had to, stick to my meal plan I just had to meal prep and I mean I did go to the gym and stuff and I feel like um you know I got those 80 percent results but now I'm to the point where it's like you know I really want to improve my physique and gain muscle and all these things and this is where I like really have to grind and be like meticulous about my macros to get this like last 20 pounds off to get to like a very low body weight you know like now that I'm trying to do this stuff it's where it finally is like it is getting like way more um, technical and the like little stuff that I do really matters where before it was just like, you know, I'm, I cut out soda and I just started meal prepping and, you know, like weight was kind of falling off. And now that I've lost so much and it's it's very it's very intense. So I, I get that analogy and I think it's it's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you you know, one thing that I talk to a lot of people who have had weight loss surgery about is like, did you have pushback from like your friends or family or anybody? Because, you know, weight loss does kind of have, or weight loss surgery can sometimes have definitely have like a negative stigma around it. Like some people think it's like the easy way out or, you know, whatever their, you know, whatever their beliefs are behind it. So did you get, did you have a hard time from anybody because of it? Um, well, not for most people. Well, no, I would say not for all people. Overall, no. Um, I think a lot of it, you know, I'm really close with my immediate family. So it's like, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, they all, you know, they did not have weight issues to the degree that I did. Um, but they saw me go through the trials. They saw me like put in the work and they saw me like, so I think by the time I was ready to be like, okay, weight loss surgery is going to happen. Um, 
I think they were just like, yeah, <laughs> of course. Like we, we, they, they almost seem to have this kind of like, we knew this day was coming. <laughs> kind of, it's like, like that's okay. the next logical step. Right. Like, okay. You know, and, 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 and it, I almost kind of struggled with it a little bit, not from them, but it's just like that whole concept of like, oh, you've done X, Y, and Z. Um, so now you deserve to get weight loss surgery. Cause I had that, like, that was, that was like more like on the friend side or people that didn't know me that well that were like, oh, well, yeah, you've dieted a lot. And like, so like, it was almost this attitude, like, well, now you're allowed to, now you're, and I'm just like, no, like, this is such an individual journey for everybody. So you can't say like, okay, you've done enough. You checked off all the boxes. You can have weight loss surgery. Oh, you haven't, you know, you haven't dieted for a third time. You haven't lost 50 pounds for a third time. So you can't do it. You're like, no, that, that doesn't work for everybody. But, but I would say probably the only struggle I had, um, and it was just like a little bit was actually with my husband. Um, he never had weight issues growing up. And I think he and I have a very like supportive, but real honest relationship. So I don't, I mean, I don't want people to be like, I don't want people to hear this and think like, oh, your husband's such a dick. Like, no, it wasn't like that. It was, he was kind of like, okay. You know, he came into my life when I was 25. So he didn't see a lot of like the stuff growing up, but he was like, he was like, so I've seen you like diet and lose it and diet and lose it or sorry, lose it, gain it, lose it, gain it. And he's like. So he was kind of worried that weight loss surgery might not work. And I mean, he was very honest about it. He was like, I like, cause I still did have a pretty big deductible to meet. And he's just like, what if we spend all this money? And like, it was money that to be honest, like coming, like at that point in our lives, like we, it, it was going to be a struggle to like pay that bill. So he's kind of like, why would we do this if we're not sure that it's going to work? And I'm just like, and it's hard to, it's hard to explain to people. And that's why I, let, I tell people a lot. I'm like, you just, sometimes you just got to let go of what other people think, because at the end of the day, you may never be able to explain to somebody in a way that makes them understand. Cause he's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I just know. I just know. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, but I've seen objectively, I've seen you go up and down and succeed and fail and succeed and fail. And he's like, how do I know? I'm just like, I just know you're not in my brain. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see that though, from like a spouse's perspective, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you've done all this work, you've shown that you can lose the weight. And then like, at the end of the, at the end of the day is like safe it is as it is it's still you know surgery like you're still mm -hmm. physically altering your your body and you know anytime like you get onto like the surgery table you never know what's going to happen and most people who do that are you know they're a health risk and that's why they're there in the first place right. and so like I, I you know i could like understand some like hesitation from like a family member of like you've been able to lose the, like, you know, them thinking logically, like you've been able to lose this hundred pounds a couple of times and, you know, you can obviously do it. Why this need for this? Um, mm -hmm. but you know, when you're in a situation like yours and, and that's what you need to be successful to continue on your journey, it's like, I could see that like dilemma there. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny now because 
he's almost like turned to 180 because now, I mean, for example, we went, um, we went and visited some friends out of state last week and we were planning on going to the beach and like the, the weeks leading up to it, like it's Girl Scout cookie season. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows. Right? They almost so, got me today. <laughs> Ooh, they got, I look full disclosure. They got us. They, they, they came into this house. Okay. We had our fun with them. It's over. But during <laughs> that time, I was like, I was like, you know, I have to be in a bathing suit in two weeks. Like, why is there girls go? And he just looks at me and he's like, you know, you're never going to go back there. Like, this is, you know, you're never going to go back there. And like, just to see that complete change, you know, three and a half years ago, he was just like, he was uh, almost ready to die on that hill, you know, three and a half years ago. And now he's like, he's like, you're not, you know, you're never going to go back to that. And I'm just like, oh. You're right. And it was just so cool to like, see like, you know, that we're, we're good with it now. Yeah. I'm sure all so. the work in progress and like success that you've had is built, you know, his confidence and, you know, in you and the changes that you've made mentally and physically in the stuff that you've been able to do has definitely probably built his confidence in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, another, one thing that I want to talk about though, is you were saying, you know, when you were overweight, like you hadn't seen a 300 pound person do a strict pull up or, you know, they're not doing these crazy physical things, but, um, from your Instagram, I mean, I see you and they're doing like some kettlebell workouts. I think you did like a Spartan race. Like, so you're obviously doing these things now. So how does that feel? That feels pretty awesome. Actually, uh, the Spartan races. Yeah, they were new. Um, but I did run, um, I did run a sprint triathlon when I was, think when I was training for that, I was like 250, 260. So like pretty heavy uh, for a female. And um, just like I did do that sprint triathlon. And that's kind of crazy because then I have that experience prior to. And now like, yes, a Spartan race is totally different. You know, triathlons, all cardio. <laughs> but um, to do races at both of those different points in my life is like crazy. Cause I'm just like, and this sounds kind of funny, but it's like, I've always, I've always wanted to be just middle of the pack. Like I'm not trying to be out there being the first one through the Spartan race and like running across the finish line, but I don't want to be last either. And yeah. like my triathlon, I was, I was probably like, I would say I was definitely like in the, t the bottom 10%. Like there was maybe, maybe 10 people behind me <laughs> <laughs> when I finished. And I'm sure some of them were probably like injured. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be there. Like if I could just be like nicely in the middle, that felt good. Yeah. But I would assume, I don't know this, but I would assume like, if you look back on it, you know, you were probably the only 250 pound female that just went out there and crushed that. So you were number one in that category. I'm <laughs> almost certain. And so that, I mean, right. that, they but that has to count categories. <laughs> yeah. But that has to count for something, right. You know, because like yeah. you're out there like gritting it out, you've put in all this work, like to come mm -hmm. from where you were to there. And so, you know, if I, you know, during my journey came down to, 
300 pounds and finish that, I would be like, holy shit, you know, like I'm number one in my own category here. <laughs> you got to give yourself a little credit for that. But so explain to me a uh, sprint triathlon. What's the difference between like a regular triathlon? That one is, oh, Grant, oh, I did that one back in 2012. So my memory is, um, sprint is basically the shortest distance. Okay. So like when, when people think of Ironman, and I may get the numbers completely wrong, but it's like Ironman is like. I know it's a marathon. It's a real. Yes, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's start there. Like that, the marathon, the running portion is 26.2 miles in a sprint triathlon. It's a 5k. Okay. Give or take. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly like the meters in the swim portion, but it didn't, it didn't it wasn't that long. And then the bike portion, I believe was like 13, maybe 15 miles. Um, so not, not too long, but I mean, it was, I mean, you know, you're still training to basically do anywhere from like two to three, maybe even four hours of cardio. Like you got to build up that endurance. So that was, that was definitely a challenge, but I mean, to just stick with that was really was really awesome to see that payoff you're right like it was like i finished i did it but it was yeah the sprint sprint's definitely for me the most doable i always joke like you're mentioning jen i'm like i always tell her i'm like i'm never never gonna run more than a 5k you will never get me to run more than a 5k (laughs) yeah i always tell her i'm not a runner we had this whole discussion on the podcast (laughs) about whether i'm a runner or not i'm like i'm not a runner that is not me um, because I hate running. I did run a half marathon, but I um, did not enjoy it. Not even a little bit. <laughs> like, I don't like even running a mile. But, you know, when you look back at those things, you know, I, I had a friend ask me just the other day. Uh, he, he was taking orders from for some T-shirts and I told him a large and he was like, holy shit. Did you ever think when we were living in college and together in college and you were 350 pounds that you and I would be wearing the same t-shirt and I was like no I didn't I'd like I didn't think we would be wearing the same size and so but when I did the half marathon looking back at that I was like when I was 350 pounds I never thought I would run a half marathon I've never thought that I would you know do an obstacle course race or or be in the shape to do it or jujitsu or any of that kind of stuff so have you done anything else that you're just kind of like holy shit like me three or four years ago never would have thought about doing this I think it's a lot of those thoughts happen when I'm in the gym, just doing like individual movements. Um, I still do. I was, I was talk about COVID fucking COVID. Um, I was well on my way to like getting to do that strict pull up and then COVID hit. So like our gym, like it closed obviously for a few months and then had all these restrictions when we came back. So like our pull up bars, we're kind of off in the corner. So like when everything was like heavily locked down, like we're, our gym is set up, like we're in little boxes. <laughs> we're like, they're taped off and like we all stay in our little box and we all have our own little equipment. We don't touch each other's stuff. So the pull-up bars are kind of off limits. Cause it's like, that's a community. Like you can't, yeah. when you're doing a, when you're doing a class or a training circuit, you can't clean it off effectively in between each person. Gotcha. So I was close to that. Um, which made me just like, that was wild, but I still need assist for pull-ups now because of, I I wasn't able to like get it in like I wanted. 
Um, but just little things like push-ups, um, TRX. I used to hate the TRX and now it's like, I love it, especially like toes and stuff like the atomic push-ups. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, uh, that's when like you have your toes in the TRX and then you do like a pike position, like your butt up in there kind of. Um, that's well, and, it, and it's not, the atomic part of it is the push-up. So, oh. um, either you're like the atomic push-up is like your, well, your knees, you do a knee tuck, like your knees are tucked in, but there is an atomic pike where you do a push-up and then you go up to a pike. Okay. But it's like, Hey, both of those I can do. And like, I remember, you know, you're doing a 45 second interval. I remember eight years ago doing them and just like my struggle was just to stay up and not put my knees down for 45 seconds. Like that was an accomplishment. And now I'm like, Oh, I can do eight atomic push-ups. Oh, I can. Oh my gosh. You know, it's those little things doing that. Um, another thing that I definitely like didn't see coming was, what was it? I think we were on like a, either a high, we were on a trail. I think, I don't think we we're on the street. I was on a, like a hiking trail with my son and I was like, Hey, let's, you know, he's real athletic. He's real active. So he likes to to like run along with me or do whatever. So I was like, Hey, let's take a little like jog out on this trail. And he's like, okay, well, we're, we're going along. And he's just like, mom, I need you to slow down. I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to take a break. And at the time you, it was last year. So I was like, I'm like, dude, you're six. And I was like, I'm out running my kids. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, you never think that you're going to outrun your kids, but that kind of stuff is pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say so. Um, have you, uh, so has your confidence improved like through making these strides in the gym and your weight loss and all this kind of stuff? Has that um, boosted your confidence like in other parts of your life? Um, I think so. I, um, I think what I'm noticing, and th look, this could just, this could be, I think, you know, I think weight loss and, you know, physical fitness has a lot to do with this. Um, but I also just, I feel like my confidence has gotten a little bit more like quiet. Like I used to be, you know, people that knew me in my twenties would never say like, Oh, Alyssa's really shy. And she's really like unsure of herself because I was always like the loud one the one out there like in your face I love myself and blah, blah blah and like yeah that was true but it's like now it's just this more like quiet and deep knowing like I'm like I don't have anything to prove to anybody except me and I don't have you know and and the longer I go in maintenance the more I'm like okay this this whole like I mean, we, we get into it too. I think in that first year after surgery is just this, like, you know, you're so used to losing weight so fast. You're so used to things happening so quickly that when they start to slow down, you panic a little bit, or at least I did. I had like this year of like panic and, oh my gosh, and I don't know, like, can I do this? And you know, why, I, I, like we were talking about making the changes. I'm making these changes. Why aren't I dropping 10 pounds this month? You know, I don't well, like, let's slow it back. Like, this is our, this is my life now. So, but it's, it's having that kind of faith and that confidence that I can do this. Like I can do this. 
I can handle this. I can master this. And, um, I had, you know, for a long, long time, I've been thinking about getting into the like nutrition and fitness coaching kind of realm. I've always thought about doing it. I mean, 10 years ago, I thought about like, you know, the gym is my happy place and I love this. And I just, I want to be a part of it. And it's like, just now, just like in the last year, it's been like, I'm really starting to see, like, I think I could do this. And like that imposter syndrome is kind of drifting away, thankfully. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's a very hard thing to manage is that imposter syndrome. I mean, that's something that I've struggled with in like my career and podcasting and, you know, basically every part of my life is because like I try to put in the work, I try to do things correctly. I try to read and like develop knowledge in these things. And then, you know, somebody just hits you with like a question kind of out of the blue and you're like, I don't know not prepared for that. Like, I should know that. Do I not know anything? You know, and like, Mm -hmm. you know, and you get, and you go down this like spiral and, in the, but then, you know, but then at the end of the year, your boss is like, here, you, you know, you're a top-notch employee on your report employee review. And then it gives you some validation and it's like a weird up and down thing, but you know, it happens in weight loss too. Like, I'm doing right. I'm not doing right. I'm doing good. I'm doing bad. And that's how I think some people get in trouble with the scale because, you know, the scale goes up and the scale goes down and it's all over the place. And you think when it's going down, you think, I know what I'm doing. When it's going up, you're like, I'm not doing I something know right. Yeah, I, I know absolutely <laughs> nothing. And so, but the reason I ask you that question about confidence is I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but I think that since I've lost weight, it's made me, you know, the progress I've made in the gym and just knowing that I've been able to overcome my weight issues and knowing that I've been able to challenge myself and take on every challenge I've given myself. It has, you know, like at work, it's made me more confident to speak up and because like I can or take on more because I know I can overcome those challenges or like even in like my relationship with my wife, like just knowing that I can try to step up and do more and be better you know, it's given me that confidence to try to pursue being a better person, in like all different points of my life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think actually, while you were talking, I just like had a thought pop in my head is that it's, it's kind of that difference. Like, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I was outwardly confident, but that didn't mean that I had good self-worth. And I think now it's more like, no, <laughs> Here he's dog. <laughs> yeah, I have self worth. Yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> like my husband is like, quiet. Um, I, I have like more self worth, so that it gets to be more of this like inner peace. And when you were talking about your job, I also thought I was like, that's right. When I started the job I'm in now, I started it two years ago, and I remember when I was interviewing for it, and like I said, it's a big it's a big, um, insurance company. So it's very, like, it's a very formal recruitment process. You know, you talk to the recruiter, you don't actually interview with the people you'll be working with until way later in the process. And, you know, so it was all these different steps. And then when it came time to negotiate, I have never negotiated salary in my life. I've always just kind of like picked a job because I, I 
graduated with my master's in 2010. So I've had some time to like kind of build up and come up in my career after graduation. And I always just kind of picked a job that I was like, oh, that's like $5,000 a year more than I make now. Okay. I'll apply for that one to like, like avoid that negotiation process. So when we came to the negotiation process, like they told me, okay, this is what it is. And I was like, okay. And I was like, can you pay me $10,000 a year more than that? <laughs> and I was like, you know, cause I have, I just explained, I was like, I have, I'm going to have, cause I was just different things. I was like, I'm going to have an increase in childcare cost. I'm going to have an increase in commuting. Cause it's going to be further for me to go, blah, blah, blah. And I would have never thought like if somebody offered, and it was a good amount of money that they offered me to begin with. So when they made the offer, like the old me, I guess would have been like, Oh no, that's fine. Like I can make that work. I can, okay. But I was just like, fuck it. Let's see what happens when I ask for more money. And they, you know, they were like, well, we can't do that. But we, they met me halfway. And I was just like, oh my God, I just did a big girl thing. And I negotiated for more money. Like, this is crazy. But I, I don't, I don't know that I would have ever thought to do that before. You like put yourself out there essentially for mm -hmm. criticism a little bit whenever you're like asking for more money or not just just criticism, but denial and all these different type of things that a lot of people have to deal with or get used to or, you know, like whenever they are becoming more confident. And so that's like definitely a, a big step forward and a big improvement in like just putting yourself out there is hard, but I think like the more success you have and all these different like parts of your life, the more comfortable you feel to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your goals moving forward with, you know, whether it be um, nutritional, like your coaching you're talking about or just fitness related in the gym, anything? Um, I'm still working on those pull-ups, uh, but other than that, like I am right in the middle of doing my certification for precision nutrition coaching. Um, and that I just find it to be a really, really great program. I really enjoyed it when I went through it. And actually it's funny because my trainer teases me. He's like, he's like, you didn't even finish the program. <laughs> you want to be a coach. <laughs> and I was like, that is true. I will say it's a year long program and it's basically like daily emails, daily habits. So I, I got a lot of really, really good stuff the first six months, but it does get a little, I will admit it got a little bit tedious. It was like, Oh, these emails. Oh, I don't want to write in my journal today. And, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but I think by that point, like they give you like, for me, they give you the best information in the first six months anyway. So, um, after that, I was just kind of like, I was like, no, I didn't finish it, but I really believe in this program and this get, the nice thing is that it's a program, but it's not a program. It's whatever works. It's whatever, whatever the coach and the client can come up with as far as what can you do consistently? Like, well, let's start there and, and small changes and daily habits and all that kind of stuff. So I'm working on that certification. Um, I'm toying with uh, being, getting a personal training certification. Um, I have this, I have this whole plan in my head that I haven't let too many people in on just because we're talking about imposter syndrome and like, Ooh, do I even have any business doing this? But, um, you know, I have, 
a vision, like an idea for where I want to go with it. And it's like, you know, not to get too like self-helpy, but it's like, it's such a big vision that it scares me a little bit. And I'm just like, I don't even know if that's possible, especially because like, I mean, I do, I have a master's in social work. I'm licensed um, as a clinical social worker, so I can do therapy. I have done therapy and stuff before. Um, I work in mental health right now. And so it's like, I have that part of it, but this would be something completely different um, to do like nutrition, coaching, maybe fitness, personal training. Um, I took up boxing in the last it was a few months before everything shut down with the pandemic. I, I had been doing it about maybe three to six months before that. So I'm really, really enjoying boxing, um, kind of dabbling into the different types of martial arts. Um, my son has been in jujitsu the last few months. Um, so I'm kind of looking at these things like, Ooh, maybe I want to try that. Like, maybe I want to try that. Like, um, you, you mentioned jujitsu, so I'm guessing you do. Yep. You do, yeah. So boxing and jujitsu, totally different. Very. <laughs> it's funny because it's like my son will try to like box with me, yeah. and I'm like, no, dude, no. But then like I don't want him to stand behind me because he's really good at takedowns. <laughs> so like I feel like coming in for a hug, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take me down. Um, but it's something that's like really, really interesting to me um, that I'm very intrigued by, like jujitsu or um judo anything like that maybe even kickboxing at some point yeah so just little things that i like to pick up for like little hob hab habits hobbies that kind of thing so jujitsu and boxing are actually the two things that the two i guess martial arts or combat sports that i do have experience with i I box for probably uh a year and a half and honestly i boxed for like weight control so i've been over life pretty overweight pretty much my entire life and in high school i wanted to lose like 50 pounds so i could play offense and defense in football and my coach like made me this bet essentially and i took up boxing and i i lost the weight uh, and i had like um a amateur fight and like the whole nine the whole nine yards and then when i went to college i just kind of quit it and then three years ago i picked up jujitsu and now like after class we'll box a little bit stuff like that just to you know just so you don't know absolutely nothing standing up but all of both of them have been uh great for me i mean now i was talking to a guy about this today but now you know i want to like stretch and be more mobile i want to eat right and i want to um you know, have my weight down. So, but all just so like I can perform better for jujitsu. I'm like completely obsessed with it. And I want to, it, that hobby makes me want to improve myself. So I'm better at the hobby. Mm -hmm. So that definitely keeps me on track with my, you know, like whole weight loss journey and strength training and all that stuff. Like it keeps me dialed in just because I want to get better. Mm -hmm. I, I actually, one of my, old coworkers in a job I used to have, he was a boxing coach once upon a time and he had a boxing gym and he would tell me like, I would tell him about all the, all the stuff I was learning and oh my gosh, what about this? And what about that? We'd talk about different fighters and he would look at me and he'd be like, you know, your, your boxing game is never going to be as good as it could be until you get hit. 
And I'm like, why do you say that? Cause I still like, I box, um, I do drill. Like I, you know, um, our coach uses the mitts with us and stuff like that, but like, I've never been in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, like, you're not like sparring or anything, right? Right. No. And he's like, you definitely need to get hit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> why? But I, <laughs> I guess it's true though. Probably true. I'm like, I, I don't have any plans to spar, but <laughs> I probably do need to. <laughs> Well, there's this whole like brain damage thing that's on the rise and I, uh, yeah. I just like, I don't want that. And that's why I don't participate in boxing now really, except for just like messing around in the gym. And you know, most of that, like we are hitting each other, but that's typically just some body shots, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. But if it wasn't for the whole brain damage thing, I might, I might consider it. Right. That's what I always say. I'm like, no, um, I was like, not in the face. <laughs> Like you can't, you can't hit my face. And then, and then he's like, no, he's like, actually body shots are more effective. And I was like, okay, but I don't want kidney damage either. So like, we're all set here. And I'm not, honestly, I'm I'm like, I'm not trying to go pro. I'm not even trying to go amateur. Like I'm good. I think I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. But it still is very useful because you know, one thing that gets lost in that and I get lost in it too, is like, I do these things for sport, but also, you know, you're learning how to protect yourself, um, in the event that something would happen, like you have the ability, uh, to protect yourself. And so that's just a good skill to have all the way around. A hundred percent. And that's, I say that too. I'm like, look, I may not, obviously like someone attacks me, it's not going to be like a, a formal boxing match, yeah. but at least, at least I'll know how to generate the power to like, yeah, you know how to throw a punch, give it my all. Right. And, and it, what you said, it reminds me of, um, one of the trainers at our gym. I, she teaches the early morning classes and I just, I love the way she teaches because it's like, it, I mean, it's like six in the morning. We're all tired. <laughs> we're all like half asleep. And she's in there with this energy. And it's like, if, like, if we're working with those, like the sandbags, you know, if we're working with sandbags and like, we got to like do different stuff with it, lift it, you know, shoulder to shoulder, whatever it is. She's like, what if this was your babies and you got to save your kid? And, then, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get that mom instinct come in, get you totally, hyped up, You're like totally. lift, lifting the back of your car. Flipping, right, over, yeah. flipping over toyota priuses in the parking lot yeah that's right yep <laughs> tire flip god <laughs> but yeah so um kind of moving forward here a little bit one thing that you talked mm -hmm. about was like uh your goal you know is kind of so big that it scares you right and mm -hmm. i think and a lot of people get to that point whenever which I think is great. I think it's good that you have a goal that scares you. I think that's awesome. Um, but a lot of people face that when they say, I want to lose weight and they're three or 400 pounds or whatever, then they're like, holy shit, this goal to be my goal weight, whether it's 200 pounds or 180 or whatever it is, they're like, that's the thought of putting in that work is like terrifying. And like, so do you have any, suggestion or support or advice for those people that are you know they're in that spot right now the same spot that you've been in before um 
Yeah. Like there's a couple different things. Um, one is for me, what always helps. And even now what helps when something becomes overwhelming, like, you know, I gained weight over the holidays. Oh my God. Am I ever going to lose it? Blah, 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 whatever. Or even when I was much, much bigger, it's like, okay, I'm just going to do this one day at a time, like figure it out. Like I'm going to plan today, execute today. And then that way I can go to bed. Like, yes, nailed it. Did it. Okay. Tomorrow. What's our plan? So you just kind of, you break it down into little things like that. Don't think of it like, oh my gosh, I have a hundred pounds to lose. Okay. Maybe you do, but what can we do this day, this week, you know, to, to move ourselves towards that. And what are the things that I'm doing right now? The choices that I'm making, is that part of, is that going to move me toward it or is it going to move it away, move me away from it? Because, um, something that I've kind of adopted since probably about six months ago is just a very, very simple. And this is, I've been doing this in my marriage. I've been doing this with my kids. I've been doing this with my health, with um, nutrition, whatever. It's just the very, very simple question of, am I making this better? Am I making this worse? So it's like, if I can slow down my mind a little bit, catch that and go, is what I'm doing now going to make this situation, make, make it better, make it worse? Am I getting to that goal or am I not? And then also just to also be a little bit flexible with the goals and know that, you know, things like the scale and things like how fast you're, you're losing weight as compared to your friends, like that stuff doesn't define your self-worth. It doesn't define how well you're doing. It doesn't define any of that. You're all like, and I wish I would have learned this earlier because it would have just saved me a lot of stress. It's like really, it's cheesy, but it's like, really, really your only competition is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you're improving in some way, that's all that really matters, right? Is that you're making progress going forward. Or even if sometimes it's just holding the line, you're just staying as good as you are right now. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you're not going backwards, like staying where you're at in the place is I'm sometimes completely okay. Like, yes, oh, yeah. we always want to be making progress, always want to be getting better, but sometimes it takes everything you can do just to stay where you're at. A hundred percent. And that was um, something that I've kind of learned is, is maintaining and, and just keeping what you already have can be a form of success in its own. Absolutely. And like, I think that we get so caught up in, you know, food and exercise and, you know, hydration and, you know, like, we get so caught up in the physical world of everything that sometimes we, I did lose sight of other things. It's like that kind of stuff kind of goes on autopilot and you go, wait a minute, actually, if I'm in a decent spot health wise, and I just kind of go on autopilot to like address, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe my marriage needs a little attention. Maybe my kids need a little attention. Maybe I want to do some personal development that has nothing to do with my weight. Maybe the weight thing can go on autopilot for just a little bit while I get the other parts figured out. Because the truth is like, you cannot be 
excelling and setting goals like in every single area of my life you can't I'm sorry like I just maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm thinking small but I'm like I don't think you can excel and smash goals at every single aspect of your life like something has to go on autopilot at any given time I mean that's just a fact there there's 24 hours in the day right and you can't be awake Mm -hmm. for all of them so you can't do everything you want. And I think that's a, that's a good point. Cause just for me, like a personal example is like, I'm trying to do CrossFit. I'm trying to do jujitsu. I'm trying to work 45 hours a week and 10 hours at community commuting a week and have a wife and getting ready to have a kid. And like, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. There's not enough time. And the fact is it's like the first three months of this year, I committed to a 12 week cut to try to get in the best shape of my life. So that is what has taken as far as my fitness and working out and exercise and jujitsu and all that stuff, like that's what's taken priority because I committed to do that thing hardcore. And because of that, have my CrossFit and my jujitsu, uh, like been hurt by that. Yeah. Cause I've been in a calorie deficit. I haven't trained as well. I've been a little bit injured more like all these different things, but that's what I'm focusing on right now. And what I focus on next will be, uh, maintenance and, and putting some of those weights back on and, getting better in the gym, you know, and it's just like a, you have to pick, this is something I'm very bad at, but you have to pick like kind of like a thing and go for it. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you have to give up on everything else, but you're, that's just not getting your full attention. So are you going to make the same amount of progress in that? No. And I think that just has to depend on where you're at and what you want the most. And my problem is, and I think a lot of people is like, I want everything all the time. Like I want to be crushing goals and work and, and exercise and jujitsu and like all these things at the exact same time. But the more and more I do this stuff, the more and more I realize like I got to tone that back a little bit and manage my time better. Absolutely. Totally. Like, and that, that's why, um, actually I said, you know, my son does jujitsu. My husband is also getting into it. They're, it's kind of cute. They're going together. That's awesome. Um, it's, it is awesome. I'm, I am like so encouraging of it, but you know, he said to me, he goes, you should try jujitsu. Like you would, it, it, he's like, as much as you like the mental game of fitness, you would really like jujitsu. And I was like, it's very tempting, but like you said, I know I would have to give up some other stuff that I'm not quite ready to give up. I'm not quite ready to scale back on my gym workouts. I'm not quite ready to scale back on boxing, like boxing for a while. Like I was actually overtraining. I was doing, cause I was doing like four, maybe five training sessions a week, you know, weight, strength training, loaded movement, all that stuff. But then I was also doing like four days a week of boxing. So a lot of doubles. Yep. And I'm just like, and it, it looking back on it, I have to laugh. Cause I'm like, I was like, gosh, I was so tired and I was hungry all the time. And I just <laughs> like, I was so exhausted that I actually wasn't making progress. And I'm like, why am I working out five, six days a week? Some of them doubles and I'm not seeing any progress. Well, dummy, <laughs> because you're overtraining. <laughs> like, and I didn't even, and then it, it was crazy. It was like, as soon as that, I realized that now I've kind of shifted boxing to be more of like the fun thing, the cardio in my week. So I do that a couple times a week. I scale back. Like I try to cap training sessions to like four, 
maybe five. If like, if one of them was like easier, I went really light on one training session, but so I try to like scale it back. And sometimes some weeks I'm just like, no, we're three sessions is all we're getting in. Like I've really learned to listen to my body and what it needs as far as recovery, because then it's like, you know, you don't think like we're talking about, you know, your the scale goes down and you think you're doing awesome. And then the scale goes up and you think you're, you know, nothing. And that's kind of where I was at, not in terms of the scale, but it was just like, I thought I knew all, I was like, I'm doing great. I know all this stuff. And then I was like, no, actually, if you cut out like two to three workouts a week, if you cut that out, oh my God. And now all of a sudden I can pick up a heavier kettlebell. My swing looks better. My um, you know, my overhead presses are better. Yeah. Oh my, hello. <laughs> that's a concept that I don't think a lot of people get into because a lot of people when they're starting their journey, they're like, you know, they're lucky to get in two or three days a week. And then, mm-hmm. but then as it progresses, it is something that you can get into. And I, like, I seriously have dealt with it through this cut because I'm cutting my calories, you know, every couple weeks and they are getting lower and I'm trying to get to this point. But at the same time, I like I've probably over the last 12 weeks, probably averaged like probably nine to 10 training sessions a week. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's like jujitsu four to five days or no uh, weightlifting four to five days a week at four o'clock in the morning and then jujitsu after work, like three to four days a week. Um, so basically mm-hmm. doing doubles like you're talking about. And the strangest thing is, which I know I knew in my head that I'm overtraining. The strangest thing is, well, you know, my back doesn't feel great. And so I'll take a couple of days off of uh, both three days off of both. I dropped four pounds and I've kept it off ever since. And it's just mm-hmm. like that, like constant state of like inflammation that you're in and you're you mm-hmm. know your body's holding on to everything it can do because you're you know you're just like overworking it constantly and that's like a real thing that people um don't take into account and you know i worry about this is kind of going down a rabbit hole here but i worry about some of the people that do like the streak kind of stuff because it's like mm-hmm. it's it's awesome like you want to see them running every day you want to see them working out every day but like even like the the 75 hard, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's, like a, a yeah, trend. Mm-hmm. but I mean, that's 75 days of two workouts a day, one indoor, one outdoor. And then plus you're on a diet. So I think I always like worry about people who go from doing absolutely nothing. They're like, I'm going to do the 75 hard to get started. And they go to two workouts a day, plus jumping on a calorie restrictive diet. And it's uh-huh. like, you're that, that's probably, I get it. You're doing when, but when you do something like that, it's more for like a mental thing, like a mental challenge that you can do it. But it is not typically, I don't think, probably super healthy for your body. No, I don't think it's sustainable. Um, like I, it's funny because I look at that sometimes and I'm just like, you're doing like two super hardcore workouts and you're keeping your calories real, real low. And I'm like, you thought your hair was falling out before? Like, <laughs> ooh, like no, like the stress on your body, the lack of rest and yeah it's definitely hard and I think it's a lot of it is in how you approach it because I I looked at 75 hard and I go yeah like I think that people kind of get tunnel vision like they feel like they have to do the most hardcore version of it and oh my gosh I got to do this thing and it's like okay but like you can work within the rules and make it work for you because like when people think diet they think lose weight usually 
I've changed my mindset a little bit to think of diet is the way you eat, not necessarily like something you're doing for a goal. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's like, if you're like, follow a diet, like, um, you know, maybe your diet is just that you, you know, I'm going to stay under, I'm going to stay at this amount of calories, give or take. And this is my calorie target and this is my protein target. And that's all I'm going to worry about. Yeah. That's a diet that counts to me. I'm like, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, my diet's going to be, I'm going to eat protein at every meal and get five servings of veggies. That's a diet. And guess what? Like cheesecake is in that diet. Not that I'm saying like, go eat a bunch of cheesecake, but you know, you can have that flexibility. And then, you know, the two workouts, I'm like, okay, well, one of like, I see a lot of people do like, and I really think this is a smart idea. I, I see a lot of people doing kind of like either like a gentle cardio or yoga or something for their second, just to get out and get fresh air. Yeah, and I'm perfect. like, that's, that's what it is, is because yeah. it's that, it's that intentional movement. You know, it's like, you don't got to do CrossFit twice a day. You'll probably wreck your body. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. I'm all for, I'm all for like the challenge, you know, and getting people yes. moving. Like, I think all that is great. It's just, uh, especially this year because like carnivore is a big thing. So I saw people going like, um, even some people that I really like and they killed it. They did great. But you know, for the average person who isn't mm-hmm. dieting at all and then, or when I say dieting, I'm kind of like you. When I say dieting, I mean like I'm just not eating like an asshole. Like I'm paying attention. Right. I'm paying attention to what I eat. I'm not like eating mm-hmm. McDonald's and Speedway donuts every day. Like I'm just paying attention. Um, but like so people who like aren't dieting at all, they're just doing on the standard American like get overweight diet. And then they go, I'm going to eat carnivore and I'm going to do two badass workouts a day. And it's like that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Like how about you just like – start controlling your calories and you like walk for one and then you like weight train for one and stuff like Mm -hmm. that would be awesome. But that's, I don't really think that's how it typically works out. Definitely not. And, and what I'm seeing a lot and just experience. And then the learning part of this nutrition coaching is like, people want to come to a nutrition coach because they're like, I want to do all this in six weeks. I have this laundry list of things I want to accomplish physically. Lose weight. Ready for this wedding or the beach. <laughs> right. Or even like, you know, I want to run it. I want to run, you know, by the end of, you know, the, it's all because it's that six week, eight week challenge. Like that's so oversaturated, you know, people like that's, that's the mindset we're all in is like, what can I do in two months? And it's like, you know, it doesn't always have to be like that, but it's like, they're like, I want to run, you know, an eight minute mile at the end of this eight weeks. Okay. Well you, you run a 14 minute mile now. So maybe let's take it and a little bit smaller, like, and there's nothing, that's the thing. Like I've been learning, especially with lockdown because you know, our gym was locked down. Um, you know, the trainers did the, the absolute best they could. Like they were on zoom and like Facebook live doing body weight workouts and, you know, trying to keep us motivated. And it was great, you know, for a while, but you know, that like the initial stress of it all, like, I think I gained like 20 pounds, give or take right at the, right at the beginning of COVID, like in that first three, four months, um, put it on real quick. But I like all the traditional tools were changed 
in order, I was like, Oh shit. Like I can't, I can't just go to the gym more and I can't just pick up from, you know, my favorite meal prep place. And I can't, you know, Oh, like I'm not sure, you know, I I'm, I'm in a house with four other people and you know, we're all together with three other people four total and we're all together. And like that changes things. I can't just make my own food and like go to work. You know, I've got to manage all this other stuff and I don't have the, the tools that I used to have at the gym. And it's like, I took that 20 pounds off just by like not eating like an asshole, like stick and do a general plan and doing yoga. Like that's mentally, I was just kind of like mentally exhausted from all the COVID stuff and lockdown and no one knows what's happening in that first three months. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to like take a deep breath and do what I can do. I walked the dog like three times a day and did yoga. And I was just like, that taught me a lot in terms of like being patient, doing what you can do and wherever you're at, whatever you can do is good enough. It's totally good enough. Yeah, I couldn't, I could not agree more. So starting to wrap this thing up. Um, mm-hmm. This is one question that I try to ask all of my guests. If you could give the listeners like one simple piece of weight loss advice or a tip to help them on their journey or whatever it may be. Um, what would that be? know like i'm not totally sure like how to put this but it's like um kind of what we're going back to before is tomorrow's a new day right so if you don't throw like don't go back to the old mindset of i screwed up and i'm just gonna like say fuck it the rest of the week no you can start on any single day with whatever you have right in front of you if you messed up or if you, I don't even like to say messed up. I don't, I don't like to say like, Oh, you know, you should beat yourself up. Like, no, if you fell off track, just get back on and you can get back on in the same day. You don't have to wait for another day. On the other hand, if you need a day, take a day, you know, like be gentle with yourself because the consistency and keep on coming back to what you know works is what's going to make it work over the long term. It's not this like this sprint and this white ball of, oh, I'm going to like hang in there for five days. And then, well, that's going to cause a chain reaction of like the next week being blown all to hell because it was too much to begin with. So it's like, you can always just get right back, just get right back. Consistency. It's the idea of like consistent consistency over perfection. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't let that. One of my favorite, one of my favorite lines that I uh, use with therapy clients is don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a great, great saying. All right. Tell these people where they can find you on social media so they can come check you out. Oh, um, my Instagram is Sleevin Tyler, S-L-E-E-V-E-N underscore Tyler. Cause I was one of the cool ones that did a play on (laughs) a play on a celebrity name. Um, and Instagram is probably like, that's where I keep like all the, all the weight loss nutrition stuff is on there. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, again for being a guest on the hungry for success podcast. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. This was awesome. All right, guys, that's it. That is the end of this week's episode of the Hungry for Success podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, uh, and you want to help out the show, just share it with your family or friends or anyone for that matter. All right. Thanks. As always, we will see you next week with another guest. See ya. Bye.